It's Tuesday, February 14th, and this is Season 7, Episode 23 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Sam. Hey. Tommy. Hi. And Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. Well, I'm going to do our uh, soft open twice now because I screwed up and was, wasn't recording. But um, I, I want to start the conversation because we, we have so much negative to talk about today. We're going to have a little fun conversation. And today's Valentine's Day here in the United States. Um, probably everywhere in the world because there's commercialism everywhere. So I want you guys to select which player, former or current, you would like to be your Valentine. I mean, you're giving them your little candy hearts, your your little cardboard Valentines. Uh, they're saying, be mine. Um, I know none of us want to have sex with former Spurs players. Speak for you, yourself. You, you do not know that. <laughs> but uh, who would you want to be your Valentine? What reason? Um, go ahead, Sam. You can go first. Um, I am going to say Paul Gascoigne. Um, just because, like, everything, everything, after everything that we watched after the past couple matches, um, Hearts, and then we just go to the pub and have a great time. And that's, that's what I'm that is not a good idea. I was that, say, you give, that is, if that you is, give Gazzy your card, you're going to be seeing the uh, wrong end of that when it comes to like paying your charges. He's going to take limit. that to the pub but, and good man himself. But uh, How about you, Tommy? Well, I think my answer is pretty obvious. Uh, Michael Dawson, hopefully, he chooses me. Um, but also, uh, if this included a date, I did uh, in May. Actually, Sam was there, but uh, we did talk about Korean barbecue at length, so we can go there. But as Lucas would say, for the crack, I probably would also Mickey Hazard would actually be in the running because he's a he's a fun, hilarious dude. So yeah, and actually, you stole mine. So oh, I was okay. going to say Mickey Hazard was so much fun when I when we hung out with him when we went out to London the one time. I would just love to hang out with him for a few hours. Again, yeah. and how progressive are we, by the way? Four straight dudes all saying which Tottenham player that we would... Oh, I know what you're going to say now. You guys all know who mine is. You shouldn't have to guess. Of course. It's, Shalina? No, it's Lucas Mora. Oh! Of course it is. <laughs> and me and Lucas would go out, and our date would be the best date of all time. We'd just sit there and tell, like, fun how many goals we've scored and Would you go how, like, as a collective Lucas team, we've scored more goals than any collective Tommy team or Sam team or Anthony team for Tottenham. But Would this be? Uh, would this involve... Uh, I wouldn't have many. Fogo de Chao? Yeah. Well, of course, we'd go to a Brazilian steakhouse. Maybe Fair. we'd invite Richarlson and... <laughs> maybe Richarlson and like Royale would be there too. Like, look, but yes, of course it's Lucas. And he was... We'll get into the games, but he was the only Champions League hat trick goal scorer that wasn't used today. So, yeah, not gonna lie, I thought you were gonna go to the uh, the route of the women's team. Oh, you see, I was gonna say that there was a trick question. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, was that on the we, table? We, yes, we, we could have picked the women's team. But the women's team was not off the table because right. Spurs player, <laughs> former or current. Say, if, if so. Alex Morgan, I'd gladly home wreck that. If not, so we need to restart the podcast because clearly all of us have made we fell for Anthony's trap. I, I do prefer Josie Green over 
Shalina Sidorsky, though. But as a player, because we think about skills first on this. She's podcast. a Wales international. I mean, four caps, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, I think um, as much as I want to keep having this conversation because it's a lot more fun, we have to move the conversation to some darker times and kind of where we are at. Just. With everything right now, it's a, it, it kind of comes down to um, we've we've hit a run of very significant injuries that, that are hitting us. Um, we have a um, a coach in Conte that's uh, gone through a really dark patch in his life, like losing a lot of friends, uh, having to go through pretty significant surgery. Um, so our coach is kind of in a weird place. Our squad is in a weird place and we're just hit with so many injuries um and we'll talk about those those in, those specific injuries as we go on in the conversation but uh, where are you guys at at this point in the season are are you guys ready to pack it in is is it time to move on to rebuild is it time to um reevaluate or or is it just keep back and counting uh go ahead lucas well no i mean We'll get. I'll let Sam have the floor in a second here because I know he, he. The word rebuild really sets him off. But for me, it's. I, we we have to just separate ourselves from Conti and stop pretending as if this is going to be a long term thing. It's if we're if we have Conti to June and we're able to have him in like an FA Cup final, like I will consider that a win. Uh, and that's that's really unfortunate because we were all thinking that he could be like the guy, and that's one of the things that I always say, especially on this podcast. I say football is fickle. Last week we literally had the podcast thinking we were the cock of the walk, being like we just beat Man City without Conti. Fuck them. We're gonna smash whoever's next, and then we get battered by a almost relegated Leicester, and then we roll into Champions League and get battered again so it's like there is a there is a dark cloud around us right now in the sense that Conti could hang it up and he could say I'm not being a part of this project or whatever which unfortunately means that Kane's probably out like Kulicheski's on loan but I think we're gonna like there's a lot of things that hang in the balance with Conti's like future with Spurs and so it, I think that's what makes it extra dark in the sense that if Conti doesn't seem to be wanting to be a part of it, I mean, again, we use the word rebuild. Like, there's nothing to rebuild. Like, if Conti bails and the things that we think are attached to him, if those, if we lose those as well, it's, it's going to be a dark, like, four or five years, not like a rebuild season. It's going to be brutal. Well, and yeah, I'm going to let Sam go, take this, but to your point, just real fast, uh, we've just so many times um, brought in a new coach on short periods and and filled those holes with some of the players that they want, but not enough of them. And then we've, uh, that's become a mess and we've thrown uh, a new coach in and thrown some more players that don't fit into the mix. Um, with anything else and now we've just got like a, a total mess on our hands like we have like good talented players but they're not players that can seemingly play together or at least not not as things are going what do you think Sam 
So as far as the rest of the season goes, I kind of think, well, I mean, I'm, you know, kind of like expecting the worst, um, hoping for the best. I think that's kind of where we all stand right now. Um, be honest at this point, like it was kind of, Grant, you know, like there wasn't like off-pitch stuff last year that was really covering the team. It was really, it was just really bad run of results. Um, as far as like a potential rebuild goes, well, this is kind of where it gets to me. We've been, the, the term rebuild was first uttered by Pochettino not long after, the, or like right around the time of the Champions League final in 2019, where he said the club would eventually have to go through a harsh rebuild. Since then, there's been constant, it's been thrown around too casually. Like, what are we doing as a club? Like, what is our vision? Like, what do we want to do? Like, at this point, we've got to figure out, like, what kind of, you know, do we want to be ambitious, be this big club that, you know, represents London in the Champions League? Or, you know, do we just want to go on? Like, I think we've got to commit um, to a project, to a manager, back them and then and then you know start start anew you know it could be one year could be two years could be four or five yeah, this is why it's as depressing as it is because what you just said it all makes sense but it's also thinking like you're thinking in like a dream world that would be really really nice we all back this guy we didn't really back him or whatever like problems he had with levy like we don't know we're not we, in we, we have the yeah, COVID exactly situation. we're just we're guessing and yeah. it's much easier to blame levy because he's such an easy villain scapegoat but then it's like okay then you took your eighth choice nuno that lasted what three months and then you got conti and now if conti's getting run out it's like like, oh, well, it's a rebuild. Rebuild what? How many more like, world-class managers do you think we're going to plug in? And if you are a manager, why in the hell would you want to come to Tottenham? Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't want to be there. That's the thing. If I'm any player or man, the only way I would come to Spurs is if I was a manager as young and up-and-coming, just so I can get the severance package. Yeah. And But, like, in terms of this alleged rebuild, like, we, essentially we have to start from scratch. And... I'm like, let's sell Kane, let's sell Son, because I, I told Lucas this a while or like a few days ago. Say we win the FA Cup, but Conte still leaves because he's not getting backed. This is all for nothing. Because my intention at the time was, oh, we can win a League Cup, FA Cup, etc. Under Pochettino, this team actually can learn how to win and actually get over that hump. If we win this season, it's too late because all a bunch of the core of the squad is over the hill. So it's a yeah, it's it's a win lose situation, unfortunately. And then, <clears throat> but regardless of that, Conte leaves. I, <clears throat> in the outside chance he does stay, the only way I can see that is, uh, Daniel Levy is, like, yeah, okay, 
we'll give you some money in the winter, but we'll spend a lot more to keep you and then go for the go for the kill. And but I just I a I don't see that happening right now. I mean, it's possible, but I'm like, yeah, Dayon's gonna probably he's gonna be here. But I'm like, we have Sar, we have Skip. But I'm like, Hugo's on his way out. Lucas Moore is on his way out, and all like. You know, a lot of these players are passed by their sell-by date, and we just haven't reloaded. So, like, whether you want to blame Pochettino, Levy, etc., it's it's not good. And again, it's it's so easy to blame Levy for not spending, but we actually have spent. It's about how you spend. Under Mourinho, the only person that was signed under Mourinho that still hears Hoybier. Finally bought and sold. Yeah, like if, if you look at like, well, like as Tommy said, he goes sell Kane, sell Son. Well, what's the point? What's the point of racking in all that money if you're not going to spend it wisely? We had the record transfer in all of European football when we sold Gareth Bale. And what did we use it on? Seven players, and only one of them actually panned out, and that was Ericsson. The other six were nonsense. And yes, I include Lamella in that because Lamella did never, ever once come through for us. He was hurt. Well, he, was, he, he was injured. He was injured and he was crap. Like, do not give me that Lamella panned out. Lamella was crap. He did come through for us once and then he ruined it like a little bit yeah. later with that Arsenal goal. Yeah. Oh, not had a sick Rabona and then got himself a red card in the same game. Not yeah. for what we paid for him at yeah. the time. If like, the value this was. was exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you. Yes. If you're smart, you can sell, sell wisely, but then how do you buy? And that's the big problem for us is everyone's like, oh, Levy doesn't spend. It's like we spent an ass load of money on Ndombele and Lacelso in the same window, and they both failed. And that's $100 million. That was like Sessegnon failure. We have to start spending on actual players that can pan out. We're not... It, like, Daniel Levy is the scapegoat, and it's like, well, he won't spend. It's like, well, actually spend on players that can actually hit the mark. But that's actually the, the interesting thing. Under Prodigy, we have spent, and for the most part, we've spent well. With, really? Um, How? How have we spent well? Bencore, Kulishevsky. Really? I mean, we're eventually going to so pay off two guys, that. but yes. Pedro Porto, but here's the Romero. thing. Well, Romero. I'm not gonna go there. There. Uh, I was going to say. But no, for argument's sake, though. Romero is under prodigy. One of us a lot of prizes. No, but here's the guy that just his last three games have been red card suspended because of a red card. Tangaka played and we got smoked, and then today gave up the goal. But that's the guy that's like, yes, we're Romero again. Okay, let what me a signing. You done? Sars <laughs> look promising. Uh, what's to say? Poro can be promising, but here's the issue with those signings. Conte has been playing them, which is an indictment in his part for whatever reason that may be. Skip, we'll talk about it later, but like, Skip, he played well today. Why hasn't he played? And I'm like, it's... He's been sticking with the same squad, more or less, throughout this whole season, even last season. I'm just like, what is... I don't get the deal with that is. And what the in, in the inflexibility on his part. So, like, he could be... It's just... 
somebody want to answer them? Because like, I have no answer for this. Yeah, well, and I think this is probably a good place to go to our question. Yeah. Uh, so we have a question that comes from our own John. Uh, so English John asks us a question. Do you have it queued up to me? Yes. Uh, good friend John, uh, if, if anybody sees him, he'll actually be at the West Ham game on Sunday and Chelsea game the final week. So if you see him, say hi. He doesn't bite. But John's question is... Do you think Conte has lost players? I'll just start because I know Lucas will rip into this. Um, Birchwick actually brought up an interesting point a while ago. He's, he claims that the players are being coached too much. And the team is not being... They're not able to, I guess, express themselves freely. Because if you look at the team, the, the appearance is very rigid. So... If the team was a bunch of experienced players and, you know, follow the rules, like, in theory, this would have worked. But I'm like, this is a young squad, and they might not know any better. I mean, like, even looking at Brian Heal, looking at Jed Spence when he played, it's like he was all replaced even though they look promising. So, the, with Conte, it's like he wants the team to play a certain way, same, you know, 3-4-3, three, three, etc. And it's just not looking good, but... Who wants, wants to go next? Sam? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think that is an interesting point. Um, to be honest, it's kind of hard to tell if the player, if he's lost the players or not, just based on the fact it just seems like nothing's going on. Um, basically, you know, there's like no direction, but I, I kind of see the point of being overcoached, not really being allowed to express himself freely and like, use their talents like they should i think he he's lost himself um and i I don't blame him for that like i think this like he has a long list of friends that he's lost this year you know three people very important in his life he's he's playing away from home which he he's able to do because he's he's been around the world but um he's away from home during a difficult time um he's uh, he he's had the gallbladder uh, situation, and and when you have something significant medical, like even if you bounce back, like it it, it does take something psychic, something from you, uh, like I guess psychically. I don't know what the word psychologically. For, psychologically, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was a, I was psychically. A, and I was the psychology major too, so that's the funny thing. That oh, I'm that's struggling oh, with this word. Well, uh, but, um, University of Poughkeepsie or no University of Rochester? No, I'm saying that. it takes something out of his psyche, is what I was reaching for. But um, okay, fair enough. Yeah. No, but here's the thing, Anthony. Before his friends passed, before the surgery, we were scraping by with these shitty ass wins. You know, showing up, not showing up first half. Finally, showing the second half and actually winning. That was in spite of everything. And so, like, everybody's like, oh, we're doing great. Great uh, start to the season. Best start ever. And I'm telling everybody and their mother, I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Everybody's like, but look at the results. Look at the points. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And so, like, it with his health issues and his friends, don't get me wrong, that sucks. But that is one of the things. This was this all started way before that, in my opinion. And I think he probably has lost the players, to, though, because of that. 
and I don't think it's necessarily uh, he he's changed as a coach. I think he's just going through a rough patch, and he's maybe not connecting like he once was. Again, another thing is, did we sign the right players? That's what I was just saying with how you spend your money. Like, what we spent in the summer. We spent our record signing, Richarlson, has not one Premier League goal. It's now Valentine's Day. He doesn't have a Premier League goal. But, that oh, goes but, he's, but he's got two. He's got two in the Champions League. Like, good for you. In, one game. But that goes yeah, in the same game. game. Well, against again, ten men, is it is it Richarlison's fault or is it Conte's fault? Like, do you want to play him? Because that'd be nice. At what point against Leicester, when it was three one going into half, did you look at yourself and say, "Hey, you know what? Everything's going grand. This looks great. Let's leave it off. Leave everything the same way it is." Kulichevsky was playing like ass. Son was playing like ass. It's like, I'm off. And even if it's like, hey, guess what? We might have to. Just put Harry Kane in a different position. That's fine too, but like do something different. Conti has just been so rigid, and I'm like, so to John's question, it's did he lose the players? I'm like, did he ever actually have the players? Since this year, Tommy made the point himself. It's when this season we had like our record start with most points, but there's points in performances. We were performing horrifically. In somehow magic points. We got our ass whipped at Stamford Bridge and had a Bush League, like, should have been called the Hoy pair, up and scored, and then a 96th minute header off, like, a corner. So it's like, we've continued to make do off of You know what? Like, Liverpool. Everyone's like, wow, Liverpool's been shit this year. It's like, that's the team that beat Bournemouth 9-0. They didn't need to go down to 2-0 and then win 3-2 away like mm-hmm. we did. So we've continued to have shit performances and somehow scrape out results. Time will tell you that that isn't the way to do it. You have to, like, eventually you will get caught out. And that's what we're seeing now is it's like, despite our, like, results-based thinking... I'm like, did Conti ever actually have the players yeah. that he wanted? Just to be fair, like, even if he did have the players that he wanted, uh, like, so many of them are injured right now that it's not. Uh, we've we have and we've had so many cycles of injuries that we we haven't seen those players on the pitch but at the any, same time. But, but any manager will tell you, it's about being able to adjust. Yeah, when no, Harry Kane I, goes I down, agree. you have to have someone that's like, okay, who's my backup striker? With Charleston. Can I switch a formation? That's Conti's thing right now is he can't switch formations. He's like, nope, this is what it is. I agree. He, he cannot seem to make a change right Two now. Two points. And to put it into context, and I, I hate shitting on Pochettino still, but I'm like, realistically, the year we finally get to the Champions League final, it's similar to Conte with earlier in the season. We got to the final in spite of everything. We didn't have a home win or away win. With f- or first or the last away win was Fulham in January, yep. and after that we and scraped- kudu <laughs> and kudu to winks, yeah, and we scraped <laughs> yeah. through everything, like you know, getting the uh, what's his name, Lorente's hip, that miracle with Lucas Mora at Ajax at the right. Johan Cruyff Stadium, and so forth. We should have never been there, and like, and you can tell, or at, at the next season we looked even worse. But um, to go back with the whole thing with Conte and the injuries. So what is it? Basuma, uh, Hugo, Sessignon, 
whatever. Like Hugo it was all the, happened with Bentoncourt. Like oh yeah, five days. Okay, so Hugo and <laughs> Bentoncourt. Hugo and Bentoncourt were the only ones starting consistently. Basuma and Sessignon were not. So I'm like, but there, but there goes the depth. So like, realistically, if Bentoncourt was still, uh, if he was healthy and Basuma was still healthy, Skip wouldn't even see the field today. And it's just like, but that's again, that's the indictment on Conte right now. It's the the rigidity and not put like, uh, not playing subs when he needs to, or in terms of time. Like, yeah, he finally put on subs in the seventieth minute. Should have done it a lot earlier, maybe fifty fifth, sixtieth. Again, we'll get to that later. But it's like, I I feel that Conte is more tactically astute compared to Pacino, but. I feel like what I've seen, they're essentially the same manager right now with not rotating in players, not playing new signings, uh, all this, and shutting out potential players that could actually shine. Don't get me wrong. If he was getting bankrolled, I'd be like, yeah, back Conte, or I still have faith in Conte. But the way that Levy operates and we have a steam to pay off and all this other, and the way he has to answer to Enoch, because technically Spurs are an investment property for Enoch. So it's, because of that, I'm like, we got to figure something out or get a plan to make sure that in June we get a new manager and it's our first choice and preseason we're off running. It, it, it doesn't. Oh, it's matter. not going to happen. Yeah. Of and course. Yeah, but again, no. it doesn't matter. One it's, could dream. Who's our first choice in January? Or, excuse me, in June. Who's our first? It doesn't matter. He's going to have no different spending than the way we've done things. It's going to be the same. Unless we sell. Yeah, but that could exactly. happen. But that's the hope, happen. then, is that we can be like Chelsea, who's, by the way, spent $750 million since the start of the season. Insane. But, no. And, and the, they're still behind us in the table. Yeah, but again. Yeah, the, how? Yeah. But wait but until see, next season. They'll be coming see, back. I the problem is it's, it. it's we are very short-term with this way of thinking. And that's why Tommy's like, when you brought up Sar. Are, by the way, and let's use this to transition into a little yeah, bit of the game. Yeah, let's transition into the but game. But if definitely. I'm Sar, I might be the most, other than it's Richarlison and Sar, might be the most pissed off people on our squad. If you look at the fact Sar was playing for a, when we bought him and then loaned him back out, he was still playing for a League One French and then he came to Tottenham, and now he like gets an occasional run out with like our U twenty ones. Like, how would you feel if you're him? You're like, Jesus Christ, I'm better than half these slags that I'm watching going in and out. Like, and we use them when we're forced to all. And of if a you're Richardson, you're like, oh my god, like I was bought to be like some head honcho, and I get maybe five minutes, eight minutes a game because Conti won't like play me. Like yeah. th- that's the shit where you're like. Just try something new. If something's not working, take your ego out of it and just try something new. Yeah, well, and and you have like an Oliver Skip, who, by the way, I think was our best player on the pitch today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we, and, and here's a better one. What did everyone think? Like, everyone thought Brian Hill was so good, right? Yeah, he was playing everyone, well. Everyone really had some high hopes for Brian Hill towards, like, coming into, like, the end of the January window. Why did that happen? 
because Conti was like, you he know what? He was forced let's, to play him. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah. Because he was like, you know what? Let's be uh, innovative and let's see what Hill can do. It's a no, Hill it's because he was literally forced to do it. And Hill was like, well, I can play. We're like, well, that's nice to know. <laughs> that would have been cool to know. But now, you know what? Now that and now Charleston's back that and, Sevilla, and, and, and yeah, exactly. Kulishevsky's back, I'm not going to play anymore. So I don't want to be here anymore. Exactly. So, like, like, so we basically bought a player that we're loaning back to the place that we bought him from. Like, what, what, what are we doing? For the second time, by <laughs> the, the way. second we've time. We've yeah. him back twice now to the team that Actually, we bought him Valencia from. Valencia was last year. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wait, same yeah. diff. Oh, Jesus. What, Les Palmas next year. Like, let's do the La Liga, like, yeah, trifecta. But, yeah, but, we're, we're yeah. loading him back to the place that we bought him from. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's... Like, if we're going to either sell him and get value for what we put into him, or... Or I, play I, the fucking man. Honestly, like I just I, don't. I, I just don't even know anymore. And in this this game today, like I don't think we played bad. I mean, like I think we were all right. Like I mean, obviously the defense line gave mm. up uh, gave up another stupid goal. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm all but, for. I'm all for. By the way, like let's just skip. T- what do we have to say about Lester? Like let's skip that game. Well, we're we're talking about that in the second half anyway. So we'll see how we want to do. Uh, but. Random structure, but okay. But, but yeah. yes, I'm with you. It's no, we're talking about today, and then we'll see if we want to do anything in the second half about Leicester. But yeah. regardless, like I don't even feel like doing our regular format. I mean, this is we we sat here and watched this and just watched them struggle to get a goal across, and watched Conte not make a sub when we clearly needed a sub. Um, we stuck with the formation that. Um, Clearly isn't working with the the squad that we have. I mean, we like if if we're going to go with this formation, why don't we try Poro again? Like uh, at least against a continental side too. Yeah, yeah. the game would have been wide open for him too, which is the most like Lucas rips on Eric Lamella, but you knew any time he played against a European side, he would at least be at least a six or seven out of ten for the most part in Europa games. I yeah. mean, Poro didn't play well against Leicester. But, yes, that is not, that is true. But, but he didn't have a supporting caster on him. But this is like a, a more of a ready-made match for him. Uh, like, why do why do we keep? Why are we so stuck? Why is Conte so stuck on this formation when it's clearly not working? And all it took was him to be out ill one week, and we play City, and we set up in a way that makes sense to play a team like City, and we find a way to win. Like it's not like the players aren't good enough to to win. So I yeah I am I am kind of at the point where I'm like, Conte's lost the team. He's lost. Uh, Maybe he needs he, his appendix out. Yeah, I mean like he Yikes. seems to like have lost the ability I, I to coach remind, this team. I want to remind everyone that thinks that like the big the big win against City had nothing to do with Conte. Had nothing to do with. Think about it. Pep has yet to win at our new stadium. He just he can't do it. And that was the same under Poch in the Champions League. Yeah. It was the same under Jose. It was the same under Nuno. It was the same under Conti last year. So it's just yeah, before we all like jerk off about the fact that like we just beat City, it's like this is just something that we are who our players are as our squad. Our starting eleven is just better set up to like defend that and hit him on the break. That's that's the reason we can take the city shit out of it. But 
With this game today, and it's something that has been our biggest pet peeve with Conti, is it now feels like it's a bit of ego. How in the hell did you watch Leicester on Saturday? And it's 3-1 at halftime. How in the hell did it take 70 minutes before you were like, yeah, maybe we should make some sub? It's like, like you, you felt like everything that was going on was grand, and you were like, this is, uh, this is exactly how I wanted this game to go. Yeah, and but today it's like, but don't act like you're not surprised with the. No, of course stuff. I'm not surprised. Like you and I talk about this all the yeah. time, and like, well, you, I, and Peter, and uh, I forget the other. But guy, I'm not but surprised. Like, but I'm like, then how would you think? Like, that gives an advantage to AC Milan. That's like, or Milan yeah. as your man. No, but so, oh, so you, Peter, uh, but yeah, the but, other guy we talked about, like the one nil loss overall. That's not the worst thing in the world. Of he, course, it's not. But. He, Conte you could also be a badass, and you can go get a one 0 win. Yeah. Harry Redknapp. Did oh that. no, I don't yeah. disagree with that because with the Peter cur- Crouch and Aaron Lennon did that. With the current <laughs> squad that we have, I don't see us winning two 0 at at home in the return leg. Doesn't matter. So that's why we because, have. I because call it. We had to go goals, for away goals. Don't matter. Anymore. No, but to yeah. overcome to actually win in regular time, though. Ah, we won't. Can I just interject? No. We'll that, do them in, we'll no, 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 Go can, ahead. Can I just interject that? I don't want to be the other guy in Tommy's conversation. He's like, me, you, Peter, and the other guy. Well, you were sitting there. Let's get a Sorry. word in from the other guy. This was the other guy. <laughs> oh, I was the other guy? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> no. but, um, Is your wife named Sheila? No. No. Uh, you know, for this by Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the other guys was a movie. Oh, the other. Okay, sure, oh. sure. The other guys, oh. but um, this match. I mean, like today, like I, I didn't feel horrible about the way we played, but like I'm just like it. It's not giving me confidence for what we're going to do with the rest of the season. Like I, I think to to, to Lucas's point early, earlier about the city match. I think we're set up better to play the top teams. Like I almost like want to see us get past Milan because we're going to play somebody who's much better than us uh, in the next round. And and we seem to do step up to the plate for that. And but but I, I have no confidence in what we're going to do in the league when we talk about like Lesser later. Well, again, and it was the same thing. Like last year, we beat City away 3-2 on the road. And Compliments of David. Conti was like, wow, this is the best team. This is the best group of players I ever worked with. Three days later, we lost away to Burnley. So if anyone was like, Shocked by the fact that we had a big moment against City, and then we lost four days later to fucking Leicester. Like, of course that was going to happen. But you're 100 percent right. It's like, who wasn't expecting it? Like at yeah. this point, no. But this is classic Spurs. How you said we're playing to opponent's level. We could, on paper, we could easily hold our own against AC Milan. In theory, we we kind of did minus the series of errors where uh, Romero got fucking killed there, and then uh, Forster outplays. It's more Romero, if anything, in my opinion. But Forster, he should have went off his line after that happened. I think, I but if it was Hugo, I think he would have. Forster probably not fast enough. I think that's why he went back. But uh, got a. I think Forster was actually lucky that that shot actually what Brahim Diaz that shot actually hit. It. He saved that first, and then after that, it was an easy header for it. But I'm like, aside from that, the game, relatively speaking, I would say was evenly matched. We we didn't look great by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm like, if you if you watch the game minus that goal, a tie would have seemed 
what draws. the just outcomes, so, or it would have made uh, sense. The the draw, yeah, yeah. But like overall, though, like we like a bunch of us always talks about like our midfield's always getting killed. What a novel idea to play uh, Pape Matar Sar and Oliver Skip. Who knew this Oliver Skip character would actually be any good? You know? Oh, Antonio Conte, why don't you play him once in a fucking while? Yeah. Like, whether it be against Nottingham Force in the League Cup, you know, build up some confidence, get him into shape, blah, blah, blah. You played him earlier before he got injured last season. Why the fuck not this time? You know? It's... But, like... But that was the... I would say Sar and Skip were probably our MVPs today. I'll spoiler alert, I'm giving it to Skip, even though Sar was just as good, probably a little bit better. But like everywhere else we looked like shit. It, it was just And it's like I've said this many times this season. It's it's the biggest narrative where we've never had a complete game where we dominated anybody. And it's because of that, it's like some parts of the formation will look good, whether it be attack or whatever, but everybody else will falter and you know the good people or the good parts of the squad will actually pick up the pieces, but it's like give me one result from start to finish where we actually have full-on domination. I don't think it's happening this season. Like realistically, Man City's probably are going to be our best performance. When was the last time you could say that happened with any season, though? Oh, it's never happened as a as a whole. Probably sixty. Right, what sixty sixty one? Here's, here's your answer, by the way. So today, at halftime, shots. Milan, two. Spurs, seven. Shots on target. Milan, one. Spurs, five. I mean, five shots on target. This is a team that we couldn't score. Like, what was it, last year? We had no shots on target at home against Brighton in a match. And we just had five in the first half against Milan. So there's there's something off, and it's... Do you think we would have won this game if we had the washing machine in our uh, squad? Oh, you mean Winx himself? No, <laughs> fucking God, no. Uh, no, probably, uh, absolutely but not. If is, we had the Maytag repairman, it'd be a different story. This is something that just, it. we had all, today, based on everything, we were the better team for about 87 of those minutes. But this is what happens, and I, I'm so sick of, and this is the reason I'm throwing Romero under the bus right now, it's because Romero deserves to be thrown under the bus. And that's fine. So does Dyer. So does Davis. So does Langley. If you play bad, I'm sorry, you deserve to be called out. Guess what? Today, Romero is the only reason he got bodied by a dude. Which, by the way, you play in England. You're a center back in England. So you don't get the right to be like, oh, I went up in the air and got, I got beasted. No, you're better than that. You're used to that. We're playing in Italy, and you just got beasted off the ball in the middle of the and air. And he played in Italy beforehand, too. In, exactly. So, Romero was the reason that we gave up a goal. That's fine. Aside from that moment, we were the better team for the entirety of the game. We weren't yeah. the be- but here's the thing, though. We weren't the better team when it mattered. Exactly. That is classic. Yeah. Again, classic Spurs. So we fucked up for one second, and then it was like, well, that just changed everything. Well, well let's uh, go to Sam and go to MVP. Uh, MVP, um, I'll go with Skip. Um, did a very good job. Um, uh, you know, uh, winning the ball, getting possession, made a couple uh, – good passes in there. I mean, I kind of 
I hope he he and Sar get like more runouts. They're gonna have to at this <laughs> point. Say, you hope so. I'm like, <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> they're, 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 they're gonna Other have than to. Me and you <laughs> running out there. <laughs> Who I mean, do we I got? Think that's gonna be it. I mean, Hoybier will be back. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're gonna ro- rotate somebody with Hoybier. Yeah, and I think I'll be honest. I hope I hope that they can continue to just get better. Yeah, because that would give us at least more depth and you know less money that we have to spend. But still, I, could, I would love to see somebody else dropping back into a midfield position, whether it be a Kane or Kulishevsky. Somebody uh, change the fucking formation and and have to have somebody from that front line like uh, drop back in there and cover the midfield a little bit better. And I think those guys could do fine. But yeah, Tommy, I already said skip, and I Sam outlined the reasons why he was and. Uh, Shubes actually added Sam and I to a random Spurs chat on WhatsApp. And I should mention this, what, earlier today or yesterday? I'm like, skip. And we, so for those who didn't know why Horbier didn't play, because he was suspended. So it was going to be those two de facto, regar- you know, regardless. So, but here's the thing their partnership, it's probably going to be the future. And I sensed it because those two, the way they play, co- would complement each other well. And it was evident today. So, you know, skip. Your bulldog D mid, very physical, but he's you know what he's when you're attacking, he's the water carrier. He's going to pass it to whomever. Sar, he's your box to box midfielder who can pick out the pass. He made some great passes today, and he can distribute. So I'm hoping that we'll talk about against West Ham, but like Lucas mentioned about uh, Hoiberg, where he's looking like crap at times because he's doing the job for mult or he's playing multiple midfield roles when he's one person. So if you have these two players that are, you know, sticking to their specific roles, I'm like this. This could easily be the uh, midfield partnership that we that could be for the next five years in theory. Easily. And I'm just going to jump in and say that I I already said Skip is my guy, and just the cleanup work that he did when other people screwed up and like the ball uh, there was a breakaway in the opposite direction. He just swooped in every time and, and and knocked out the problem. Oh, yeah, and like the like and got rid of the ball really and he, fast. And I he can't. didn't. He hasn't played a lot of games this season. But before it, it's as if he didn't. It was he was playing before his injury. He didn't. I don't. I don't. It felt like he didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, who do you have? MVP. Yeah, MVP. Oh, skip. Yeah. Okay. So definitely yeah. skip. Yeah. Did, do we leave not. anything for you to say about him? All positive. So. Yep, I have nothing but nice things to say about Ali. So, okay. I'll just. Oh, sorry. I'll be very brief with this. Everybody knows I love Dayon, but next year's kit, I'm very. I already was considering next it. year's Tottenham isn't going to have Dayon. You don't know that, but I'm, I'm playing. I'm serious, like playing but, but I'm considering. Yeah. But Oliver Skip is probably. It's he's second on my list right now. And this is a great opportunity. Thank you, Tommy. For Switching to LVP. LVP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine is the shirt that you won't be able to buy next year, and that's Dayon. Uh, he's been shit for three straight games. He's been fucking woeful. And I feel like a assist to the LVP should go to Conte. Like, you didn't want to change it. Like, just left it off for way too long. But Dayon was horrific. 
Dan has not looked like himself. I don't know if he's picked up a knock or an injury or what. But I think that's probably that may be likely. Well, well, I mean, he's fucking horrible. If if that's the case, then get him off. That's the thing. If he has an injury, like we same have with Luke, Son. We have we've all, we've all taken the piss out of Son for the last eight we months. Have We're like, we have Son Lucas Moore. We have Charles. Yeah. I'm like, you know, same thing before. What if is he's the, hurt? What get is him the off. reluctance? I yeah. don't get it. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I and I understand like he's really our only creative option, but. But that, that's like with Harry Kane, Youngman's son, Lucas Mora, Richarlson, Danjuma. I'm like, we have many creative options. It's, they're just not being utilized. Yeah. It's like, have the balls, Conti, to be like, well, fuck this. It's not working. Yeah, this isn't working. Let's try yeah, something it's like new. A, it's like you're in a relationship. Like, ever make a halftime change, maybe? I it's mean, like you're yeah. in a relationship. So he's like, well, I can't break up with her. You know, we've been together for three years. It's like, that's like it feels like that mentality. It's like, I'm sticking out with Son, even though he's been cold for like three months, you know? And then like, oh, and then you finally mention, like, see what happens Gets a hat trick and you rest over sixty minutes. When was when was Sun's last Premier League uh, goal? Uh, was it Crystal against Palace. Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace, yeah. So, right. which was a deflection. <laughs> so, my sure. LVP will probably be Ramiro because, like, I think he could have been tougher on the goal, and he got like a really stupid um, yellow card that. Could have been red, I think. Even like, uh, oh god, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he, he got lucky. Awful today. Yeah, like I don't think he had a very good game today. So he's my LVP this one. Coming back when we were without him for a key match, I expected more out of him in in Europe. Uh, uh, who do you have, uh, Sam? Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, Romero as well. Just not a good run of form for him. Um, Basically, the goal was firstly on him. He just, you know, I thought he would be, both him and Perisic, I thought they would be, you know, jacked to be back in the San Siro. Both uh, played for former, uh, for rival clubs of AC Milan. Um, but they just, to be honest, they just kind of laid an egg and, you know, quite frankly, didn't get out of bed in the morning. Tommy, who do you got? Yeah, I had Romero as well. And, because here's the thing, Lucas, you're right. Dayon played like god awful shit. Played awful against Leicester as well. Uh, but the thing with Romero, though, is I have to give it to him because he was the one that led to that goal. And similar to Man City, like he gives up a, a stupid yellow later in the game I'm, or in the second half. Don't be wrong, we didn't give him another goal. But I'm like. We all know that he has the capabilities to be great for us, but his use or the stupidity of his aggression at times is really hindering us. Whether it be, you know, super tackles getting injured, like two red card or two yellows against Man City with this, it's just up because, like, him and Dyer both got yellows uh, in the game or in the match. And I'm just like, please do not get, please don't get another yellow because. We need you for this second leg. Like I'm like, I don't have faith in Tenganga and Sanchez being back there, you know. So I'm like, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's like don't work harder, work smarter. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, uh, I think this is a good place to go to half. Um, the second half, we are not going to have a halftime segment. Uh, there's no Luke Locks. Nobody wants to predict shit in this time. <laughs> but um, I predict God just. It's a conscious choice by me to save you all a bit of money. I predict our misery will continue. Uh, but I'm going to uh, say that we'll talk a little something about Leicester City in the second half. 
and then we'll preview the West Ham match coming up. But uh, but first, we're just going to take a little break. So we're going to half. Well, welcome back. I uh, want to start this conversation, but I don't really want to start this conversation. But we need to at least touch a little bit on this Leicester match that we went into. Last week, I think there was high hopes. Everybody predicted a win that was on the, the, uh, the podcast. I think uh, people that predicted later um, maybe had a different view because a lot more injury reports had come out by then. I think we had known that Benton Core was going to be hurt. We didn't know how long he was going to be out. We knew Hugo was already hurt, obviously. Um, we knew Basuma was hurt. But um, you know, things started to look a lot bleaker as we went on um, throughout the week. And, but we ro- we watched this game, and it was it was just painful because like we came out and we did see that first goal. We were able to to draw blood first, and and it kind of felt like okay, this is what we should do to Leicester. This is what we should do a bottom of the table team. We had watched the city. We we were feeling good about this. And then it just all fucking came off the rails. So let's talk about this going off the rails. I think Sam was up first. I'm going to go with Sam first. This match was the definition of Murphy's Law. Um, not only did we get um, humiliated, spanked, whatever you may call it, we, you know, in the process, we lost Rodrigo Bentoncourt for six, seven months due to a ruptured ACL. And that's kind of, for me, that was really derailing. I thought, looking back to last season, we were better once he got fit, once he got settled into the team. This year, he's kind of he's really been the reason why we've won um, quite a few matches. Um, and the, I mean, and he's we, our better best player. He's been our best player, and the, we got him on a steal from Juventus. I thought. And he's like really willed us, so it's just like underappreciated me, there. Right? Yeah, really underappreciated. He does a lot of the dirty work, and he's just a joy to watch because he always has a smile. Yeah, yeah, it's he. He's gonna be missed a whole lot. Okay, so definitely, Rodrigo has been a massive, massive part of our success. But no, he has not been our best player. That would be Harry Kane. Still is. If you take away fucking Holland for City, Harry's numbers right now are insane. So Harry is our best player. But with Bentoncourt, I I think that he is a massive part of, again, our success. But it doesn't mean you can't be called out. If we go to this Leicester game, he scored, which ironically was our only goal. But within four minutes, he had a yellow card, which then told him how he could play the rest of the game. And he eventually... So in his day, he had a yellow card within four minutes, off a set piece, had a like tap-in, and he missed a wide-open sitter in the first 90 seconds. So as much as I'm just devastated to miss Bentancourt for like the like rest of the season. He had an absolute opportunity to take that game and end it in 90 seconds. Missed 
and then got a yellow card, and then scored a tap in, and then we've seen and him then tore his ACL. So it's like, I, I mean, like we've seen him play matches on yellow cards before, though, and he and and yeah, and, and he still doesn't take away his minutes, difficulty. Like, no, I, I, I have a minutes, problem I mean, with that come too. On but. To fuck, like you have to be better than that. But, like that's brutal. But we have seen him be able he's, to carry through a match. He's I wasn't four minutes of the game where he missed a tap in and then get a yellow card. I mean that. I mean he still contributed that's needs to the to be goal. Called out. Yeah. I, yeah, no, the goal that was off a corner and it fell to your foot, like grand. W- would you rather still have him now? Oh, of course, I rather would. But I'm just saying, yeah. we don't need to like just mourn as if like he just. Died at Normandy, like for God's sakes, he had a real part to play at the beginning of that game, and he's one of the reasons. Yes, that we're playing on Wednesdays this season, but he's also one of the reasons that we lost that game. He is, and you know who else is Romero. And I'm sorry because he didn't play, but he was Romero's suspended. dumb actions against City came out to bite us in the ass by having Tanganga. And Pedro Poro. Well, what was with and that Tanganga this year? Is, like, I, who knows? But like, even if it was like, Sanchez. why would you? Why would you like Pedro Poro's first game? Like, and we already know he's not a good defensive wing back. We don't need him to be a good defensive wing no, back. But, you, but you're going to back him up with fucking Tanganga, hundred percent. And, 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 and that was the that, thing. That, that was unfair. No, that should have to that Poro been, his first match. That should have been Romero. Yeah. And Romero messed that up against City. So it's like our dumb decisions that we make, they do come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, Whether you, it be the same you look game like you want to step in here. Yeah, I'll step in. It, everybody that sees me at the bars, you know, I'm all about effort. And, you know, we're going... I know Lucas will probably say it's an anomaly, which probably was with Man City. But get off that high... Get an early goal, and we let all these goals in. It just was fucking awful, and we just—I'm like, where was the fucking effort? Like, if I—I'll my MVP or LVP was one player, but it literally could have been pretty much everybody. Like how Lucas said earlier, Dayon, he sucked. He was fucking ass. Um, everybody, more or less, son again. What can I say? You really outdid yourself here again. Harry Kane getting no service. Probably the least out of the LVPs, if anything. But, like, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. Again, classic Spurs. We get off of this fucking high of beating Man City, the big heavy hitter. And then we regress to this again. It's how you said before, Anthony, in the first half. We play down to a team's level. This is a relegation battle team. It. We should, I'm like, do better. And I don't... It's just, and how back to John's question, I'm like, this is probably one of many reasons why maybe uh, Antonio Conte has lost the players. You know, it's like, it was just not pretty. And I'm like, you know, I you know I come to the bar late. I think Lucas said Ben Core hit the bar, but then I go or then I go to the end of the bar, hang out with Larry, and I'm just like, okay, this is good, and blah blah. But I'm just like. Even after that first goal, I'm like, I don't think this is going to last. And, of course, it didn't. And then I walk towards the middle of the bar right before halftime and let in another shitty goal. And it's – I mean, unfortunately, this is the path I've chosen as a Spurs fan. But, you know, I – 
Can I say I'm surprised? No, but it's still very disappointing. Do, do you think that we, like, our targets in the winter window were the right targets? I mean, like, we, we got There's a couple- so many holes that we needed to be filled, and I don't mean that in a sexual way. It's just, like, you know, attacking, yeah, we're probably set. Like, yeah, Dayon with the injury, that sucked. Lucas Moore with the injury, that sucked. Charleston, he was 50-50, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, everywhere else, wing back, center back, central midfield. Yeah, today looked good, but I'm like... At the time, I'm like that could have used beef, beef, yeah, beefing up because Bencore and Hoyberg, it's like one of them's hot, one of them's cold. Um, Hugo Lloris, you know, while I do love him and thank him for his service, his distribution has led to a lot of goals for the opposition. So, unfortunately, there's so many holes that need to be filled, and especially transfer yeah, in a January transfer window, you can't get it all done. Well, okay. Uh, <clears throat> this is the thing for me, is last year, last game of the season, we beat Norwich, what, 5-0 away? And the last three games of the season were Sanchez, because Romero got hurt. It was Sanchez, Dyer, and Davis. That was our back three. That's fine. And what they were able to accomplish was really, really awesome. And I'm very proud of what they were able to accomplish. That being said... It's now seven months later, and it's embarrassing that Dyer, like, it's not even, it's Tanganga, Dyer, and Davis is my back three going into a Premier League game. Like, that's not okay. We got to top four by those three doing, like, or not even those three because it was Sanchez. Instead of, it was Sanchez, being Dyer, and Davis. The three of them got us over the line. In Why the wasn't four. Sanchez playing? Apparently we trusted him, but like this was randomly the one to throw Tanganga out? No. With a brand new right wing back that's never once played for the club, and that's the time Never played in the Premier League. That's the time you're going to... Never played. Like, oh, no, he has yeah. played in the Premier League. I take that back. Yo, but City. It's been a long time ago. No, 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 I'm not talking about Tanganga. I'm talking about no, Pedro but, Poro. But I'm saying you have a brand new right wing back yeah. that's never played in England. No, he played for Man bar City. Bar beating us. <laughs> no, well, he's, he's played levels. for Man City. Oh, no, I mean, that's like, why I was correcting myself. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, for us, it's like bar beating us. Those are the only Spurs games he knows. And then Pedro Poro's like, well, I got to meet Tanganga. So that's the whole thing is I, I just I don't know what the hell. It just it seems like we're going crazy as like supporters being like, well, logically, it makes sense to have <laughs> like change up your center backs or do something different. But and I would love to think because I believe that Conti is the best manager I've ever seen in my lifetime. But uh actually I might say Harry Redknapp, but Marnyol for me, but that's what's up, Rick? No, but it's it's just it's really weird at this point that like what is is their ego? I, I have to wonder what is going on that like is so different that we can't have we can't have like Pedro Poro. Nice things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we can't have nice things. What is what is going through Conti's mind that it's like? Well, we'll just run this out and see if it works. I'm like, well, for you, this might be like a piss up <laughs> and like a blip on your career radar, but to us, we're like, shit. We would like to actually 
win. go win a trophy this year. We'd like to do well in Champions League this year. So if you're not invested, which and, I think and we're is, throwing our new player under the bus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not fair to Tanganga either. Who no like, shit, no. Like he's not like a horrible player, no, but he just not. doesn't have enough fucking minutes to Mourinho, back up a brand Mourinho, new player. Mourinho had faith in Tanganga for the first time to like. First time Mourinho got there against Liverpool at home, he threw in Tanganga. And he against like, Sadio Mane for yeah, crying out loud. And it was like, oh, wow, this guy can hang. Like, what a weird concept. So I, I, I get that. But, yeah, for Conti to just be like. To back up our new wing It wing-back. seems like he wants to be on his way out is what it feels like, which is gross. But. That's how it feels. It's, it's like something's just wrong, and like there's it's like we yeah. we all can see what's wrong, and for some reason Conti can't see what's wrong, or he doesn't care what's no. wrong. And yeah. again, a bunch of us like we fucking know. Of course, we don't know. Conti clearly knows. <laughs> like he's the smartest guy. I mean, he it's Antonio Conti. He knows what he's doing. That's what makes it more depressing. Is we don't know what we're talking about, but he does. So clearly he's on his way out. Yeah, so furthermore, like his body language during matches, you know, when the camera faces him, I like I see him face palming the entire time. He's got his hand over his cheek. There's no energy there. He's not flailing his arms up and down like something's just not right. It's like he doesn't even care that we just gave up four goals to a team that shouldn't be able to even scratch us. Right. Um it's to a team that we hung six goals on in September. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, it's there's, there's, something's not right. Let's go to uh, L uh, let's start with LVP. I'm going to fucking start does with LVP. Does anybody have an MVP? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because probably... we're going to have LVPs, and I like. we'll see if there's an MVP afterwards, but let's let's go to LVP first and start with Sam. Uh, LVP, I'm just going to go with Sun. I, I just think he's faded. Um, I think his best days are behind him. Um, I don't know if it's because like, teams have figured out like – how to mark him, or like he's not giving getting the service that Harry was giving him last year, which helped him get that golden boot. But yeah, I'll go that way. He needs to be a bench super sub. I yes, mean, like fucking United realized that Ronaldo coming in needs to be a bench super sub. Like like Son needs to be a bench super sub at this point. Like he's not quite that old, but he's a guy that relies on his legs. If we're pulling Son off the bench in late games, he's going to do great things for us. And like give him a start every once in a while. The guy's but, a machine. He can run for days and days. Yeah, it's like but we're starting him and he's failing and we're continuing to start him. Why are we doing it? So I don't even blame Son for it anymore. I blame Conte for it. Exactly. And again, the irony is we're talking about Leicester. The last time Son played Leicester Three was goals. the first time that he was benched. It yeah. was the first time that Conti said, you know what, let's bench him. And what did he do? Set a Premier League record with a hat-trick in 13 minutes off the bench. Why don't we try it again here? <laughs> Honestly, it's the, like... the f- ah, All right. But no, but somebody that, else. Somebody else. Well, I'll go right, somebody else's LVP. I'll go to LVP in a second. I, I want to talk about Sun though. I am firmly believe that he's trying to do too much, and even with the lesser game, like he had a breakaway, which turned out to be offside, but he's always looking down when he should be looking up, and he always has been before. 
But he's always looking down, trying to figure out where to go, what to do, instead of passing and looking for vision, you know, get a Harry Kane day on, etc. And it's, I think if he got transferred to a better or a different team that was more well-rounded, those problems would sort himself out. He'd, he'd have like a little bit of a rebirth until he hits that cliff when he's like, what, 33, 34, whatever. But regardless of that, my LVP is Perisic. He was fucking ass. He he couldn't. He was terrible at attacking and even worse at defending. So, sorry, got to give it to you. Okay, Lucas, what do you have for LVP? Yeah, well, Tommy, being a Swedish fan himself, forgets that. I did they, acknowledge that he was not yeah, good. I mean, Kulusevski was horrific, but no, mine is actually the goal scorer. Bendigor was my LVP. If you miss a tap-in in 90 seconds and then you get a... It just it affects the way you play the rest of your game. We saw today how many guys did we think against Milan? How many guys like deserved a yellow card that could have affected the way they played? That was Bendiker. Like It was he had a yellow within four minutes. He's so important to our midfield. It's like you can't be that reckless for no reason. Yeah, he was my LVP. See, this is tough for me because I, I want to say Pedro Porro was terrible, but, but that but, wasn't his fault. Yeah. It was, it was not his fault. He was a victim of circumstances. Yeah, it was yeah, the he was, midfield. He was, he was a victim of who was backing him defending because we know he's not a, defend, a good defender. We need to give him a good defender backing him. But... Uh, so there's him, and then Fraser Forrester. Like, man, the guy fucking couldn't stop anything that... He's not responsible even, for those first two goals, though. I, I He's that not was responsible. bad positioning, bad defending from everyone Certainly else. Certainly bad defend, defending. But a good keeper steps up and kind of can kind of bail you out of a situation or two, and he looked like he had nothing to bail. Yeah, but out. Hugo ain't saving that first goal I either, mean, though. Clearly, everybody was talking like we got to find somebody else fast, and that's when this Ben Foster shit popped up this week, which isn't going to happen. But um, not that that would have done been any different, I think, than Fraser Forrester. That would have been a worse option, if anything. Yeah, but regardless, like it's tough not to pick either of those guys. But then there is the Kulishevsky problem, and he had a terrible game this this game. So I don't know which of the three I want to go with. I, I I think I'm just gonna roll the dice and randomly pick Kulishevsky because it was just it was I'm bad. I'm not blaming you there. It was bad. It was bad all around. Um, he was ass as well. Um, does anybody have anybody that they want to praise their performance at all that you could even co- come close to saying MVP? I'm not giving praise, but I still think Betancourt is probably the MVP out of that pile of shit, but that's not saying much. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's no – I can't give an MVP to anybody. But I – um, King didn't have a particularly good day out. I well, mean, like, it, he's just kind of by himself. He can't do everything. He needs yeah. help. Well, and I don't think Conti wants him to do any, everything, which I think, like once the once the coach comes in and realizes that Harry Kane's aging, he's he's our best all around player. Play him in a different role in certain games, and then maybe use a Richarlison up top, use a Son up top sometimes, and and fucking play Kane to be more the facilitator, the attacking midfielder. Yeah, Wayne Rooney did it. Wayne under, Rooney did under it under Ferguson. And, 
Alan Smith, not as good as Wayne Rooney, but he moved back into the midfield as well. Moussa Dembele, he started off as a striker. Yeah, actually became a central midfielder. I'm like, it has been done before. It seems like the only way to bail out like anything out of this season to me is to use Harry Kane where he can be most useful because well, he's not getting the fucking ball where he's at. Well, but that's the other thing, though, where Charleston has been playing, so let him play in his best position as a center forward. Problem solved. Well, yeah. not problem fully solved, but it helps alleviate some of the problems. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, well, it could I, change I, things. I think Tommy here is, like, he's being a bit ridiculous. Like, to have Richarlson play up top in a comfortable position for him, that's wild. Like, <laughs> let's not do that. What a novel approach. Yeah, what a, what a crazy idea. And Harry Kane is the most dynamic. Harry Kane is the best ball player from the midfield other than De Bruyne in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. You have that in your like in your wheelhouse. You have that as an option. And it's yet- not like he can't still still score <laughs> yeah, goals. Like, so there are a thousand different things that Conti could be doing against yeah. Leicester or against Milan or against West Ham, which we'll come to. Which God, fucking right. Let's you know what? Let's yeah. go to Milan. Yeah. No, let's do it. No, no, no. Let's go to West Ham. Let's not do that. Let's go to West Ham. I would like to meet Zlatan in person, though. I'm like, no. But let's let's do this. So West Ham, we take them on this uh, Sunday. By the way, uh, Shub's loyal listener, he's going to be out in Chicago this weekend. So if you're in Chicago, come on out and join us. Uh, uh, You might know him from the Tottenham Depot podcast. He's a a regular uh, contributor to that. He's going to be at the pub on Sunday. He'll be on the pub on Sunday. I think the British would actually call it Depot. Depot? I'm pretty sure. They don't say Depot. But uh, but those guys are mostly American. Okay, then never mind. And they call it Depot on the show. Oh. I listen yeah, to it uh, regularly. Let's lock it up and talk but, about West Ham. But let's I'd talk about West Ham. Okay. So they're currently in 16th place in the league with 20 points. That's five wins, five draws, and 12 losses. Um, they did uh, draw Chelsea at home this past uh, Saturday, 1-1. Uh, so they look pretty good there. They drew Newcastle prior to that. So they've been putting up some tough performances against teams that are doing pretty well this year. They beat Derby, beat Everton, and Ooh. lost the Wolves going backwards. Their top goal scorer right now is Danny Ings with six, and uh, Jared Bowen is right behind him with four. Um, they uh, have a number of playmakers, but their top-rated player is uh, Declan Rice right now. And they, um, uh, the last, uh, last time we faced them, we drew them 1-1 in August. Uh, kind of a tough game. We felt that we should have won, uh, and we beat them the prior two times that we faced them. How are you guys feeling on this West Ham game? It's. I'll just say this. Um, the way we've been playing the last two games, matches, I guess, if you will, and then you see West Ham, who is relegation-threatened right now. I'm very concerned. I don't even care if it's at home. Th- this is a dangerous fixture any way you slice it, in my opinion. Um, regardless of that, I would like to see Danjuma, Lucas Moore, or Charleston, maybe all three start somehow. But I think we should also build off of the momentum of Sar and Skip. Uh, let's see what they have to offer. I don't. I mean, Conte, I'm not holding my breath with that. What? Never mind. Okay. No, I'm not holding my breath, but that's what I'd like to see. Uh, Pedro Poro, uh, I, actually, I don't know how many suspension game, games of suspension is for 
Romero, but if Romero's back... No, it was only, uh, it's only it was one. two it's yellow cards. Two yellow. Oh, okay. yeah. So if it was because of that, let's it see what... only FA. Let's see what uh, Poro has to offer when he actually has a, a, a well, potentially good uh, center back by his side. Yeah, I mean, that's... That could make a difference, and potentially good might be the word that Lucas is probably looking for because no. of what we've seen recently <clears throat> with uh, Romero. No, and as long as we're talking about West Ham, I'm like, this is... If anyone's been listening to this podcast for this long and hasn't got a bit of positivity from us, it's coming right now. We're going to smack West Ham because West Ham is the biggest bunch of fucking tool bags they are their own tool sheds and we'll worry about that we are going to smack West Ham especially coming back home we like the 1-1 away that we drew oh god that was an awful oh my god and it all came from like a shit back pass was it Dyer that like played the back pass I just remember everybody somebody was passing plays a back, back pass. to Dyer all the time. No, it was somebody played like a shit back pass, and Hugo tried to clear it, and he cleared it about 15 yards out of bounds, and Antonio just drove it into ours. It, look. It doesn't sound far-fetched, let's just say. West Ham is not getting relegated. They're not in the relegation zone, as we like to call it. Like, they're not. They're going to be grand. They're going to stay up. But... They're coming to White Hart Lane, and they're going to get smacked. So, wake-up call? Who knows? Who's going to play? If Conti's going to be there, then let's play with Charleston. Let's play Sun. Breaking let's news. Let's play Kane. He's All guys that love to throw in a goal against West Ham. So, But it's going to be the same formation that we've been watching. Oh, yeah. Fail. Of course it is. Of course it is. Like, Conti's not going <clears> to <throat> change it. So, No, but it's like I said many times in the past. Will the real Tottenham Hotspur please stand up? Maybe they will this Sunday. Who knows? I don't know. I thought they would after City. Like uh, We thought last year after City that we'd step up. It wasn't until the end of the season. Maybe Conte can do the same type of shit this year and wrangle us into the top four again towards the end. Um, I mean, even- maybe, maybe get us into that. FA Cup final and lose it or yeah, something. But Anthony, but- West, Ham, West Ham will score. Antonio will score. That's fine. But we'll win like 4-1, 3-1, 2-1. Antonio's right. even barely scoring this year. I know, I mean. but wait till he plays Tottenham. That's no, always but, how it works. Anthony, even, like, <laughs> even with this. What did I say last week? With Madison's going to score. Yeah. Did he? He did. I literally won 100 bucks on that. Like, just It was the easiest bet of the week. Like, yeah. Is Madison going to score against Spurs? Of course. No, but Anthony. So, yes, Antonio will score, but we'll win. I don't know. It, Anthony, just my issue is I don't, again, it, the inflexibility of Antonio Conte. Yeah, will some players be out for it? Yeah, probably. But are they going to be the right players? And it's going to be when it matters. I'm not holding my breath. It's. I mean, I'm probably going to predict to win anyways because I hate West Ham. And even on play, paper with a depleted squad, we should be able to beat them. But it's like... We just, this team, it's not like late last season or under Pochettino, like where this team was the best team that worked together. It, it just, I don't, I don't know. It's, I'll I'll just say this, prove me wrong. Yeah. The 
there is no evidence for me to see right now where we will actually slaughter West Ham United. But will I welcome here's it? Some, of course. Here's, here's some evidence. Uh, we're Tottenham. They're West Ham. They're going to come into our house and they're going to get smacked. That's a lot of heavy-hitting evidence right there. We're going to give Sam final thoughts and let him go to his prediction first after his final thoughts. I mean, I kind of agree with Tommy. It could go either way. Um, I hate West Ham. Um, I hope we win, but I wouldn't be really shocked if you know we drop points either. It's hard for me to see us losing this game at home. It's hard. F- it's... A little bit easier for me to see us winning, but I think we do pull that off. Um, as far as I know, I don't know what West Ham's playing for at the moment. They are kind of low in the bottom six. Their best player is Declan Rice. They're also in the Europa Conference League, which I've heard is a big deal. So I've been told. Yeah. So um, Declan Rice, who knows what kind of offer, like what kind of effort he's going to put in because he knows he's if the team goes down he's staying up he's gonna be playing somewhere else next year so um i'll i'll go ahead and i'll say it's a 2-1 win with a harry kane brace yeah yeah. who else scores for us really especially without uh uh, a Benton corn right now. He was yeah. our second top scorer. Um, Tommy? I actually wrote this down before Sam mentioned it, but I did also predict a 2-1 win. Um, I did have Kane, and I'm like, son, I dare you to score, so that I'll say son. But I always predict these close wins because uh, ever since I've been a fan, we've won a lot of close games, whether it be Paul Saltieri, Gareth Bale, Harry Kane with the penalty, etc. So I'm like... Nothing would make my Sunday even better to see a 1-1 tie in the 93rd minute. And then, shut up. And then somebody, whether it be Kane or Son, scores that late winner. And they have to go back to Stratford with their head uh, hanging down in disappointment. And then yet again disappointed at the result. So that's what I'm... So if while Mike give me a heart attack... I'll gladly welcome it. Lucas? Yeah, and again, I understand where Tommy's coming from, but also I just remember like 1-1 one, one would be a draw, not a tie. Learn the rules. Stalemate. Yeah. Uh, anyways, no. Layup. West Ham, layup. 4-1. Uh, Kane scores. Richardson has two. And then, like, who who would be the most absurd? Romero has skip. not scored oh, over. Yeah, skip. you know what? Skip. skip, skip. skip. Yeah. Yeah, would you call good. this win a loop? Because I was going to say, like, what? There was the, like, the Harry Winks game where Harry Winks got his first debut goal against West Ham at home. And then I think, what was it? Vincent Janssen, yeah, like, that. forced a penalty. So I'm like, eh, West you- Ham? Like let's go West would, Ham at home. Would you consider this a joke? Would you It'll consider, be a layup? We'll smack him. Would you consider this a Luke Lock then? Oh yeah, Luke's locks. All right, do it at halftime. Here's you. Let's get rich, kids. Spurs minus a goal and a half. That's a big one. Let's get rich, kids. Okay. Um, fuck. 
I have no, thank you. I have no idea what's going to happen. But ah, smack him. It's fucking West Ham. Um, but uh, but I want to think this is going to be different, and we're, we're going to uh, turn this around. Like, and I I do have confidence in some of the players that Conte's being forced to play. Um, I I wish that I had confidence that he would change up the system a little bit to fit suit the players, but I don't have any confidence in that, which is what leads me to think this is going to be a two-two draw. Um, fuck. Um, Again, no, thank you. I'm gonna give a goal to Harry Kane. Uh, might even be penalty, and then I am gonna give a goal to Richarlson, who comes off the bench and and kind of bails us out of a loss. Um, when does he like, come off the bench? Too late. Eighty seventh minute. <laughs> too fucking late. Always yeah. too fucking late. Um, final thoughts before we wrap up the episode. Um, Let's uh, turn this around before I rip my hair out. All right. Final thoughts. As I always say, football is fickle. Last time on the podcast, we had just beaten Man City. We felt we are top of the world. And a week later, it's just chaos. So it goes both ways. I just remind people, yes, this week has sucked. (laughs) And Tottenham is in an absolute tailspin. But next week, we could be having this podcast and talking about how we're about to win the league. So, well, keep the faith. I don't think we're going to be talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about that, man. Keep the faith and come on, you Spurs. Yeah. Right. Keep, keep, we'll keep the faith, and I'll still be out here regardless. Definitely come out and join us for West Ham. It should be a fun day out. Um, uh, hopefully lots of out-of-a-towners as well as Shubes. Um but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So um, uh, thank you so much to uh, Sam, uh, Lucas, and Tommy for being on today. And thanks to Tommy for editing tonight. Um, Charlie for music. Sam for social. I'm slurring. Sam for social media. Um, and Kimberly for the logo. Um, and as always, the Atlantic Barn Grill. Great to be recording here in person. Uh, find us on our many platforms. Uh, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms like iTunes. Or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, come on, you things. <laughs>